You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. As you see that, open your Bible at John chapter 14. Hallelujah. We have been talking around the integrity of God's Word, the integrity of the Word of God, and that will underlie everything that I'm going to be teaching this year. And it underlies us as a church. We've always believed God's Word to be yes and amen. But I wanted to just take a few weeks to make sure we understand why God's Word is so important. Why is it that His Word never fails? Why is it that He always watches over His Word to perform His words exalted higher than His own name? That all of creation was established in the Word of God. Everything that exists is upheld by the Word of His power. And it's not just like God put a suggestion out there and we kind of hope God will do something. You never know what He's going to do. You know, maybe God's in a good mood today. You've got to catch Him at the right moment to get your blessing. And, you know, and then also dependent on how good you've been and, you know, got to get all these different factors in place. And somewhere along the line, you're going to hit that lucky mark. You know, now God can release His blessing in you. And God never meant for us to live that way. He never meant us to live with a wondering, you never know, I'm not sure, does God still love me? Have I impressed Him enough today? Uh, is He upset with me today? Maybe He's trying to teach me a lesson. God never intended for you to live that way. He said, when I give a word, it's established. And he, if He Himself said that we must swear to our own hurt, in other words, if you've made a promise even if it costs you, find out later the promise you made is going to cost you more than you thought. God says, it doesn't change what you said. Even if it's going to cost you more, you carry it out. And God says in that, He'll back you up. You may not have been aware of the cost, but He was. And if, he has, if He's holding us to that standard, you know He'll do this exactly the same thing. Now, God will never hurt. We know that. But the point he's making is that when he says something, he says, you put me in remembrance and I will always make sure that word happens. I'm backing that word up and I will watch over it and I'll make sure it happens. He's put all of heaven's angels in charge to listen to that word. If a believer speaks the word, the angels are commanded to carry that word out. Jesus himself obligated himself to it. He said, well, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Let the Father be glorified. Can you see how God is? It's all the way through. And I want you to get to that place where you know that if you're reading a promise out of this Bible, it is a yes and amen. Hallelujah. And in that, we can continue to study and say, okay, well then if that is the case, I can trust that word. Then I can look at it with confidence and say, if something's not working in my life, it's not on God's side. There's something I have missed. And, and that's, that's one of the first things I learned as a believer is I learned to say, God, it's not your fault. Nothing wrong on your side. And too much of religion puts it on God. And, I, you know, if it's God's will. No, we know His will. That's why it's called the, the will and testament of God. Some of your Bibles have got the will and testament of Jesus because that is what it is. He wrote His will which means you know how a will is activated is when someone dies. So he died to fulfill the will and then he rose from the dead to make sure it carried out the way he said it to be. 
Because you know what it's like. Someone dies and then they bring the will out and then some cousin comes along and says, no, 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 uh, he spoke to me just on his deathbed. And you know, now they argue and they've got to take it to court. And Jesus stands up and says, no, I know what I said. This is my will. And so hallelujah. We want to make sure we see that will coming to pass in all of our lives. How many say amen to that? And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a, or one of, or another, or an alternative. He said He is the way. Everybody say the way. The way. He is the truth. He is the life. And He says, no one comes to the Father except through Me. If you had known Me, you would have known My Father also. And from now on, you know Him and have seen Him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. It will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? Yet you've not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Now listen, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. It's the Father who dwells in me who does the works. Now we spoke about that at Come Celebrate. And we saw that Jesus equates with Him speaking the Word as exactly the same activity as the Father doing the work. Jesus, you never hear out of the mouth of Jesus, Jesus ever talking about miracles. You'll, you'll find the word miracle in the Bible, referring to that because from a human perspective, a miracle is when natural laws are suspended. That, that's really the definition of a miracle. It was when something happens outside of human reasoning, you know, the, the, the predefined natural laws. And God has the capacity in that He created the laws to be able to bypass those laws when necessary. And He's able to bypass them. And sometimes that's where people have problems with accepting miracles is because if this happens, bypassing natural laws, then how come that didn't happen? Because, you know, we think of cause and effect. But how do you know God can cause without another effect? If he, he can accelerate things. He can make things happen because we don't know everything. We don't know how everything works. We can only know what is revealed in the natural and what another human has taught us. But when you enter into the realm of the Spirit, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. There are laws that exist that govern the spiritual, this natural world, but we've not yet experienced them. And when you talk about God moving, and you know that He moves at the speed of light. He has, he has a vehicle that's able to, you know, the natural law says we can never go outside the speed of light. No, God already moves outside the speed of light. And that's why when you study out the theory of relativity and all of these things, the speed of light seems like the limit because uh, according to the theory of relativity, if something went faster than the speed of light, it would disappear. Yes. That's why you can't see God. That's why you don't see the angels standing here. They, they, this place is packed with angels. Because every one of us have at least one personally assigned angel that walks with you from the day you're born to the time you leave. And then, of course, based on your level of faith, you activate even more angels. So I know around me, there is a whole army. Amen. And there are people that when I've been speaking, they, they sometimes seen in the realm, they 
uh, someone came and told me about, they saw my angel standing by, and he's huge. He stands right up there near the canopy. Uh, these, these things are big. These little babies with, you know. No, you, they, they warring creatures. Hallelujah. So the point I'm making is they are here. Remember when the servant, uh, when the, uh, the prophet said, open his eyes that he can see. And there was more of us than them. And then he could see there's angels all over the place. So that's operating outside the realm of the speed of light. So there are laws that we don't understand yet, but we govern them with words. And that's the key here, is that Jesus saying that when he speaks the word, the Father activates on that word. God's kingdom works of the realm of words. Say that God's kingdom is operated by words. Verse 11, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, is Jesus with the Father today? This verse has been activated. Most assuredly. Everybody say, most assuredly. Say this, Jesus said that when I believe in Him, I will do the same works He did. Notice, He didn't say miracles. Miracles, as I said, we, we define by the suspension of natural laws. But when Jesus operated, He did what we would call a miracle. But for him, it was everyday life. For him, it was normal. He called it works. And he says, you're supposed to get to the same place. See, for us, it still happens when something happens. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, it worked. Why are you so excited? Were you expecting it? Because it looks like you weren't. You're shocked that it happened. You've got to be able to get to a place where you speak and someone says, did you see it worked? Yeah, no, of course. What were you expecting? It, it's that works, that, that understanding of something's necessary. I don't ask, hoping it's going to happen, live life, and when it doesn't, well, I suppose so. I suppose, yeah, yeah, I thought so. Or and then when it does, like, yes, God heard me. No, He hears you all the time. See, when I lay hands on someone, I fully expect them to be healed. I'm more surprised when they're not. You've seen me at times. I say, is it still hurting? They say, yes. Okay, something's hooking you. Are you with me? Because I expect that to work. And Jesus said, you will do the same works he did. And greater than that. Hallelujah. Why? Because he's gone to the Father. So that Jesus worked amazing works as a way of life. And he said, I would do the same. See, whatever you ask, verse 13, in my name, that's the key. He didn't say whatever you ask, I'll do. Whatever you ask in my name. Now, if you're going to ask anything in his name, it has to be word-based. That's sometimes where people criticize the word of faith is that we just making up stuff and telling God what to do. Like God's now our, our servant. No, that's not the truth. I can only speak what God has said he would do. If he said he will do it, then I will speak it confidently because I'm not telling him what to do anymore. He's told me what he's already done and I'm coming into alignment with it. 
And so if we're going to be speaking anything, asking for anything, go to the Word on the issue. Even if you know exactly the Scripture you want, you know the Scripture. Don't live off tradition. Go back to the Word and say, Father, is there something you want me to know? Because I know the, the, the Scripture for provision. I know the Scripture for healing. I know the, But maybe there's another issue you need me to deal with in this situation. Every situation is different. And I want to get your Word on the issue. And he may highlight that exact scripture you're thinking about, but you don't want to do it out of tradition. You want to do it out of today I heard again. You got to get all, we, it. We think we, you know, Jesus said, your word is, my word is nullified by your tradition. And we think we're not traditional because we, we got the word on the issue. No, it can become just as much tradition. Isn't that right? If I said, faith comes by, Hearing by? When last did you read that? I'm not putting you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting you, you, you on this, all of us. When last did, how many believe by Jesus stripes you are? When last did you read that? Or is it just a traditional memory? How many you know what broccoli tastes like? Let me see. When last did you eat broccoli? A while ago. So is it still giving you nutrition? Or you just remember it? The nutrition only comes after you've eaten some more. Isn't that right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But it has to come from a refreshed word. You see, you used faith all the way through the week. You don't even know how many times. All of us, we, we, we have no idea how many times we were this close to a problem, this close to danger, this close to the enemy doing something. But because we exercised faith, we believed God, said, Father, thank you. We prayed over all our food. We've prayed over our travels. We've prayed over our children. What are you doing? Expending faith. You're using faith all the time. Amen. So why aren't we replenishing it? Because we're living off a memory. And eventually we say, hallelujah, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. And then it doesn't happen. And we wonder what's going on. I, I've said I'm healed. Praise God. I've said, I believe I'm healed. Hallelujah. Why is it still hurting? Why am I still in pain? Why am I still struggling? Why am I still? Because I've, the faith tank's empty. You're going on a memory, a tradition. Family of God, if I have to spend the next 20 minutes saying that sentence over and over and over, this is what we got to get. This is the difference. This is why people say, I don't understand. I don't have faith. I don't understand why my faith's not working. I don't understand. I've said it 50 times and I haven't seen it. You can look at 50 pictures of broccoli and it still won't heal. Still won't give you nutrition. You got to pick that broccoli up and chew it no matter how horrible you think it tastes. I don't like eating broccoli. You got to get that nutrition down inside you. Amen. I know what it's like times when you're feeling so bombed out, tired, you just don't care, lying there, watching television, and then all of a sudden you have this unction, I need to be praying, I need to be getting into the Word, and <laughs> I'm too tired now. Family of God, if there's an unction to get in the Word, God sees something coming, and He wants to get you into the Word to prepare yourself for that. Yeah, but I know what the Word says. That's not the issue. Have you eaten it recently? Have you looked at it recently? Have you heard it recently? You need to, it's, it's a daily affair. Yeah. 
How many eat food every day? Probably two, three times a day. Some of us more. <laughs> but we make sure we're always eating. Isn't that right? Why? Because if I don't, my body complains. Well, how many of our spirits are complaining and we think it's just we're tired? We just think we're down. We just don't understand. Maybe, I don't know why I'm always feeling depressed. That's a spirit crying out, feed me. Come on, say amen. So it's important we get the word on the issue. If you ask anything in my name, go back and say, Lord, Here's the situation I'm facing now. I know your word says by stripes I'm healed. I know your word says you supply my every need. I know you said angels surround to protect me. I know what the word says. I want to know what I need to do today. Show me from your word. And you spend time praying. And he may give you an instruction that you lost, that you wouldn't even make sense. But it's something he said to you at that moment. Now you have faith. Now you ask in his name and Jesus said, anything you ask in my name, I will do. Why? So that the Father may be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Remember John 8 verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. Let me see how many of us believe him. Bump your name and say, this verse counts for you just as much as those Jews. John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, now that word abide is present continuous. It's in the King James, you actually see it says, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Notice you will be my disciples. What's a disciple? That's where Paul says to Timothy, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me. What am I doing? How do I live by Christ? You do exactly the same. You do exactly the same. And then we saw also the word says we must imitate God. So how do I imitate God? I find someone who's walking in that same image and then I imitate that. So what's Jesus saying? If you continue in my word, you will become just like me. The same works I did you will do also. But that's not going to happen outside of my word. So take my word and abide in it. And then that word that you know will make you free. We can only receive anything in the kingdom of God to the level of the word we know. I didn't know I could be healed until I was told it. And then I had to meditate on that to get it to a belief system because I was raised in a church where they denied the power of healing, that uh, that God will heal if it's His will. You can believe Him, but it must always be backed up with if it's your will, because maybe it's not the will of God. And I had to learn from the Word that Jesus bore every sickness, every disease, and healed all who were sick so that that could be fulfilled. By His stripes we were healed. And He's the same yesterday, today. Is it today? That'll be today, tomorrow again. So for all eternity, Jesus is operating at that level. And so we need to understand that. And so I had to renew my mind to it. That's why, you know, sometimes you can get a preacher up here it gets all excited and blows out a statement. And But hang on, what's the scripture for that? I need three or four scriptures to back that up. You notice the way I teach is I'm, if I'm going to put out a statement, particularly if I know it's a controversial statement, 
I'll always say, this is the word on it. I don't just say things to shock you because that's not the issue. Because I don't want to deal with your head mind. I want to get down in your spirit. And the only thing that changes the heart of a man is it is written. And so if I put out a statement, I'm going to give you three or four scriptures to make sure you know why I'm saying that. At least two. Amen. If I use one scripture, it's probably part one, two, and three. I already did the three or four. Are you with me? So the, the, the scriptures always back what we say. So if I say, this is how we do things. This is why we do it. Then here's why. The word on the issue. So please, family, you need to be cautious that you may hear somebody and they're charismatic and exciting and they blow out statements and you go, but that's not the way I saw it. Well, don't go just based on they said or, or they, they seem like they're an authority. And that goes for me too. If you're listening to me and I say something and it's not backed with Scripture, either go back to what I've already taught or come back to me and say, no, hang on, you said this. Why would you say that? And I'll make sure that you, you get the, the, the word on it. That's why you often hear me saying, now, this is my opinion. This is what I feel. And that's usually founded in a revelation of Scripture. And it has to be. I don't just make stuff up to make it up. But uh, if it's not enough, in other words, it's not enough to become a doctrine, then I will tell you, this is my opinion. You've heard me say, if you like it, keep it. If you don't, throw it away. And we can still be friends. That's because... Uh, that's not a here and all there. If we learned to all live that way in the body of Christ, we would be far more prosperous and, and, and better for it. Amen. That's why I don't just take on, on people, you know, you've heard the speaker say or that preacher, because it's not about the person or about their character. It comes back to the word, the word. Do they deny Christ? No. Do they believe Jesus is Lord and Savior? Yes, we're brothers. Yeah, but they said, I don't care what they say. It's between them and God. Amen. That's their house. And that's what they eat in their house. Then let them eat it. If it works for them, let it work for them. But don't stop what's happening in my house. I know what works in our house. Is this helping somebody? I just don't understand why we do this here and they do that that way. This is our house. Amen. How can any two walk together unless they're in agreement? And I get that some people just don't understand certain things. And maybe it's a different speaker and maybe it's a different way and it's a different person. Then we need to go to be with the person that God places us in. See, if God puts you in a house, you connect with that. And the word you need, you will get every week. Hallelujah. How do you say amen to that? That's the word that he's talking about. If you take his word as he said it, you abide in it, make it your truth, because it is the truth, His truth. That truth that you know is what's going to set you free. That's how you're going to live the successful life. Hallelujah. And so we must make the Word of God, the, we must make the Word of God the priority in our prayers. Don't pray out of hurt, out of desperation, out of... Now, you may be desperate, you may be hurting, but don't make that the implication of your prayer. Oh, God, God, you see, I'm hurting you. God's heart is, yes, I can, but I watch over my word to perform it. I haven't... I, and if he doesn't do that, he violates that word. And he won't do that. He won't get out into the arena of feelings because the moment you're out in the arena of feelings, you're no longer in the arena of faith. 
And it's only the word. He sent his word to heal you, not his hug. He sent his word to heal. I know sometimes a hug feels nice. Oh, that's better. But then when the person's gone, who's going to hug you now? Who hugs you at midnight? The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. So if I'm going to pray, I've got to get the word of God into that prayer. Make sure you're praying with the word of God, not your desperation. Not your wants, not your hurting. And family of God, you got to know this. The enemy will do everything to break that prayer down. Remember when Abraham was told to make that sacrifice before God and he needed an answer from God and God said, if you make that sacrifice, when it is fully consumed, you'll have your answer. When you're fully consumed, you will see me, you will hear me, you will have my presence. The enemy will come and attack your prayer life. Attack. And you got to be resisting, fighting back, fighting back. Oh God, I can't keep doing this. Please get the devil off me. <laughs> You've heard me say it many times before. When I was staying in faith with Janine in ICU and she was that close, the doctor said it's over and death was on her doorstep, ready to take her out. And I had to get into the prayer closet. I understood that it was in a time of intercession that she was not even able to speak. All she could get out was just rasps of, I'll not die, but I'll not die. That's all, the, that's all she said. But she couldn't go further than that. And I had to stand in prayer. I had to stay in this intercession. And there'd be times I'd be sitting, I'd spoken all the scripture I know, said everything I know to say, and just sitting on the couch, minding my own business, and those birds would come, those demons. I mean, the spirit of death, spirit of grief, all the, all the, the, the negativity, all, and those death words, death words. And I had to realize, I've got to fight you. It's the fight of faith, the fight of faith. And how do you do that? You've got to silence that enemy. The only way to do that is lift your hands and praise Him. Just keep praising Him. Praise Him. Your word has said. You have declared. You have spoken. Yeah, but what if? I don't care about what ifs. I'm going with what God has said. I'm speaking. Yeah, but if it doesn't, oh, I don't care what if it doesn't. I'm going with what God's word said. And you have to fight that. You have to fight it. You can't, you just don't have the privilege of sitting there. I don't know what will happen. Oh, God, please, God. Everything in you wants to do that. And people look at you and say, don't you even care? Because that's the, that's the impression you got. You know, wife's in the hospital, she's coming home. Yeah, but I don't see any worry or concern in you. No. I can't tell you how much I don't care. You know. No, I rolled all the care on him. He cares for me. He cares for me. Amen. And if he can't bring her out to the hospital, I can't. There's nothing more for me to do. I said there's nothing more for me to do. So just leave it with the one who does know. See, that's where a lot of people make their mistake. That's where a lot of Christians fail. Is right here. Is in the issue of saying, Lord, this is yours. I do not I don't care how worn out you feel, how tired you feel, you're getting up and you're going to praise God. 
Amen. Amen. Hebrews 4 verse 3. We who have believed do. We who have believed do enter. That rest. As he said, I saw in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Who's he talking about? The children of Israel in doubt and unbelief. Now notice this. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. By the time Jesus said it is finished on the cross, that was an actual physical time. Because remember, time's a created entity. That was the moment in the natural realm that it was completed. But before Jesus even got to that cross, Yet all the prophets prophesying his coming, when God spoke in the Garden of Eden, when man fell and the curse entered, was the moment that he said, there is one coming that'll sort this out. That happened, how could God say that? Because before he even put creation into action, before Adam even existed to sin, before God even said, let there be light, it was already established that Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. God saw you coming. He saw the problem you would be in. He saw the need that you would need. And in His love for you that you have today, before you are even saved, before you're even introduced to Alan Bag, before you're even introduced to this family, before you ever came into the knowledge of the word that you're receiving, God already loved you and saw the situation you're going to be in. And He decided before He even put the first atom into place, He said, Let's solve their problem here. And said to Jesus, would you do that? Would you be prepared to die for their answer? And he said, yes, sir. And God the Father said, in that case, it's settled. In God's mind, Jesus was already crucified. Your problem was already solved. Then he said, light be and pulled the trigger on creation. And since then, it's just been rolling out and everything that God fully expected was happening. Everything He said in the garden, there's one coming. He, that thing rolled out. No matter what the devil did to try and silence it, to kill off any prophet, kill off anyone that looked like a deliverer, God just barreled right through all of that. Just kept it going. It kept it going. Even when Israel went off track, God just knew how to get them right back. He was just guiding that thing, propelling it right to the point. When Jesus got up on that cross and He said, I receive everything the Father sent to me. Maybe I don't want to go there, but I'm not doing it on my will. I'm doing it on your will. And I'm going to go there. And He 
did it with a joy because he saw you coming and he was prepared to be able to do that. How do you go to that cross willingly? Because he said, no one takes my life except I lay it down. And yet he got up on that cross on purpose because he saw you coming down. Every sickness you could ever have, he bore in his body. Every disease, every lack, every poverty, anything the curse could possibly throw at you, Jesus bore it all and he was confident in saying, it is finished because he knew it was finished before the foundation of the earth and he died knowing that you will not leave my soul in hell and the Holy Spirit was released on that word to raise Jesus from the dead. He came out the grave alive. He walked in the earth victoriously. He spoke it into disciples. They preached the gospel. They wrote the words, you were born, you came along, you sinned, you died, you gave your life to Jesus and now you're born again. And there the problem comes along that was supposed to be destroying your life and is now in the chronos of time shown up and Yared is today. You're now in your problem. And God says, I can't help you with that one. Hello. You were all rejoicing and excited while I was going through that whole process. Do you really think your problem is going to suddenly stop God at this moment? You have got the momentum of creation, the momentum of all of God's existence, His whole kingdom, the angels, Jesus' blood. Everything is designed that crashed right through your sin, through your destruction, and He got you saved out of bondage, out of hell, into eternal life. What is this little problem? What is this thing that's shown up? What's this thing trying to trip you? What's this thing trying to hurt you? What's this thing trying to break you? It's time to stand and say, no, you have no place in my life. I resist you. You are dead. You are destroyed. You are defeated. I refuse to give in to this situation right here. And I decree what God has said on it. It is finished. I have my victory. Come on, give Him praise if you got a hold of that. Stand up on your feet and give Jesus glory. See, Hebrews 4.11 says, Be diligent to enter that rest. Be diligent to enter that rest. You don't want to fall according to the same example of disobedience. Why? The Word of God is living. It's living. Powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrows, the discerner of the thoughts, the intents of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight. From whose sight? Whose sight? No, no. What's the word? His sight. His sight. But what's the subject? What's the subject? I know it's a difficult English question. Let's go back. Go back a verse. Look at verse. Another one. 12. The Word of God is living. Nothing is hidden from His sight. See, family, you've got to get away from the fact the Word of God is just that written page. It's living. Nothing is hidden from 
His sight, the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. In the beginning was the, this is Jesus, loving, powerful, not it, He. Every time you speak the Word of God, you are speaking Him. Now it comes out of tradition into activation. Hallelujah. You have your victory. Give Jesus praise. Amen.